Kia ora everybody, namaskar, greetings, thank you so much for joining me, Josh in here. So today I have a very inspiring guest, um, some of you will have known, you will have heard her music, it's Nina Mehara and she, she's been singing on online Ketan from the universe and different events and I'm in Waihe right now so I'm really happy to connect with her and to ask her about her life, her music and inspiring projects that she's doing so welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Joshna. Please um, let us know a little bit about your background. All right, where do I start? Um, I'm, Wherever you want. <laughs> I'm a local <laughs> um, Aotearoan. I'm from mm. New Zealand. Mm. I was. Um, I grew up near Katakati and Pahoya, so the Bay of Plenty area. Mm. Um, I feel really connected to that area. I grew up... Um, gradually becoming more aware of my um, Māori lineage and I've noticed as I've had my children particularly that that's become more of a reality <coughs> for me so it's been something that I've really enjoyed the process of gradually coming around to not only being consciously aware of but feeling in my soul and my way I interact with the world amazing yeah. i had it described to me that <clears throat> to be maori is is a way of being um which rung true and i'm not sure how to elaborate on that in words really but um i think for musicians mm. it's easier to say it in songs really isn't it yeah absolutely <laughs> um I, i've come from a really musical family and um, my my dad is a fabulous um, pianist, and he taught strings for many years. Um, mm. And my mum was also really musical. She yeah. sang us lullabies. I've got those deeply embedded in my yeah, soul, yeah. and have passed on the same lullabies and as many stories as I can to my children. Yeah, how do you put your background into a couple of minutes <laughs> exactly exactly mm. uh, so more recently I've, I've been away we lived in Melbourne mm -hmm. lived in Auckland briefly Sydney locally it's been really neat for me because ending up in Waihi which is not somewhere I expected to end up living for more than I think the plan was two or three years, and it's nearly been 11 now. So mm -hmm. <laughs> some neat friends I met here were part of the Sunday's crew, as were other friends I had over in Manganui. So it was a really neat feeling to have them all to come together and to create yeah. this fabulous yeah. um, eco-aware sustainability festival, mm. uh, which was held, the first one was held over in um, Paengaroa near the south of Tauranga near Te Puke, and Te Puke, I should say, and <laughs> uh, the last two or three were held over in Dickie Flat, just northwest of Waihe. Is that an annual mm. festival? It was every three years, oh, and the wow. last one, sadly, was flooded quite majorly, oh, wow. so the uh, Sundays will be no more. Um but I, I feel like there were so many connections and beautiful mm -hmm. um, stories and new businesses and hey, new relationships. There's so much to come out of out of those festivals. Mm. It's not necessarily about the physical yeah. manifestation, is it? Absolutely. Yeah. 
You've been in various bands too, haven't you, as well as play solo? Uh, yes, actually. Um, I was really grateful to be asked to come and sing for a local group of dads who needed a singer. and we all put our originals forward and we ended up calling ourselves the poor knights I think we (laughs) (laughs) decided on um and then that sleepless night the sleepless night (laughs) that's a good one yeah (laughs) um you'll relate to that yeah (laughs) I don't think our children were that little oh actually Sophia was two two or three yeah um, and that evolved into a couple of us going off to become Rivers in the North Wind. Yeah. Yeah. Because I saw in there, there's an, uh, there's a CD I have there that Leela Vardy gave me, which is um, songs from Karangahaki. Is mm, it? Mm. And you have two tracks on that. So yeah. do you want to describe a little bit about that, that project? Oh, yeah. That was um, another one of those feelings of... Um, <clears throat> destiny, I guess, all of your skills and experience and connections all coming together hmm. for some for the land in this case, and everything just came together like it does at times when you yeah. think, "Gosh, I wouldn't be anywhere else right now." Yeah, and I'm so although this is difficult, I'm so grateful that I'm here and I can um, contribute my skills and my and. I, I guess I look at myself as a channel. I look at, I think a lot of us are, mm. potentially all of us, but we're <laughs> yes. not aware of us, right? <laughs> and um, so, I, so those, there were several songs that when I heard about the plans to mine that mountain, our local sacred manga, Karangahake, which is near to and a sister mountain mm, to Pukewa. Yeah. And Pukewa is the big open cast silver and gold mine in the middle of Waihee town which I wasn't really aware it was working before I moved here it's one of those well-kept secrets um although I did have a young children at the, at the time yeah. <laughs> I wasn't aware of a lot um anyway um I remember saying to my husband at the time um the mine is one thing, the mine meaning the big mountain Pukewa that was years ago that they started to mine that. It's broken a lot of people, a lot of hearts, and a lot of um, been a lot of trauma for it, particularly the Tangata Whenua. And um, when they announced that there was actually going to be no public notification, they were going to be um, mining Karangahake or on a um, pre-mining what is it prospecting license uh, yeah. yeah we a lot of us got together and felt really strongly about that and I can remember almost remember the feeling of the song coming through me and to me and and um I didn't know at the time I was going to end up meeting all these other people who felt the same way mm. and so um yeah, well, it was one of those times when you realise the divine is at work. And, yeah. yeah, wow. So um, I that was that song was called Last Call, and that's one of the ones that was on that CD. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful song. Mm. 
Thank you. And I also offered up a previous song I'd recorded, as I was telling yeah. you before, on yeah. the back of a van at Piha <laughs> <laughs> when I was 26 or something. <laughs> and that was before my children were even thought of. Um, and that song is called Road of Miles. And I, I decided to contribute that onto the um, Protect Karangahake CD because of the the gorge the winding road through the, the mm, gorge yeah um and it's that song's actually more it wasn't consciously about anything it was just some lyrics that came and it was more i think now about evolving as a soul and allowing and loving and allowing people or other beings to evolve and the way that they need to I had to, I wrote the song or the words came and then I had to interpret what it was about yeah <laughs> that, that, you know? yeah. yeah sure <laughs> mm. and the one last call what um do you want to speak about the lyrics of that one there's a lot of imagery mm. which is something I'd like to bring more to my songwriting um and it is a nod to the rivers and the the geography and the geomorphology of the area. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last verse goes into really speaking up for and on behalf of the people and the pain that people feel when a big multinational comes and rolls in and decides this is what's happening to your local area. Yeah. And were you, was it effective in stopping that? Well, so far they haven't gone mm -hmm. ahead. Mm -hmm. um, our approach as a group was to not fight it, but to l just hold the line with love. And it was a creative challenge. And Mike O'Donnell, the, um, he's a local kaumatua, I guess you can call him, um, He's opened a few festivals. He's a wonderful clay worker, journeyman, healer. He um, put words to that. So, because you, you can die fighting something, it can stress you out, it can suck you in, it can, if you're fighting, in some ways you are no better than the, the mm -hmm. force you're trying mm. to, right? Yeah. So, and it was so much more powerful when we were standing there at the mountain mm. on the mountain mm. singing. Yeah. And yeah, and the cops, you could tell that they were emotionally, the police yes. who were there to, to remove some of us from being chained to the fence or whatever we were doing. Yeah. You could tell they were moved. And I believe that I saw the, the footage of Bastion Point, for example, when oh, the police yes. came and surrounded yeah. the marae. And they stood there together and they sang mm. and they sang. And apparently, the you know, the atmosphere was so poignant mm. and very emotional. Mm. And the power of song, the power of spiritual music. Yeah, yeah. And it really affected many of the police. It really affected them. Yeah. And uh, even some to the point where they left. Yeah. Left yeah. The police yeah. force. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. very powerful. It is. It is. And we noticed some of the the Māori members of the force, they were, yeah, you could just tell 
they mm. knew we were speaking yeah. truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was very hard for them, yeah. Oh, beautiful. And so, yes, in a nutshell, it was successful. Mm. I'm not going to say, right, that's that, done, case closed, because they're always... <laughs> yes. um, yeah, they're yeah. always positive that want to continue to yeah. Yeah, push mm-hmm. one and get it with it. But people it, don't seem mm. to think of the habitat, do they? They don't think of all of the myriad of like animal lives, let alone spiritual connections people have and physical connections to a place. Mm. They don't think about that or how it's going to uproot all the animals and the plants and the trees. And yeah. same when they're drilling in the ocean. They don't yeah. realise that, that that ocean is full of life. Oh, no, that's right. Well, it makes you wonder, is there a human being behind this or who is behind it <laughs> at times when you... But no, it's, yeah. So um, there was... Yeah, we had a fabulous, a wonderful group of people in our in our tribe, I guess. We had a soil scientist we, and she was also researching bird calls and how many birds are in the forest and the Archie's frog I think is also um, endangered and, and Karangahake and many parts of the ecological corridor heading up Rahu and the, uh, the Coromandel further were home to the Archie's frog and, and so everyone had a little task and yeah, a way to, yeah. to love and protect the mountain. There was also um, a local man, Brian Haberfield who, was, who would hold weekly fortnightly sorry sunday weeding um working bees and just what we all found so many ways to be there loving the mountain yeah yeah so beautiful i had a recent experience up there so we just i hadn't been walked to the summit for years or even and it was actually the day before lockdown happened here mm-hmm. no one knew it was going to be lockdown mm. And I've also been learning about rongoa gathering. And part of that is gathering medicine from the bush, right? New Zealand bush is very powerful healing plants. And when Mm. we headed up the mountain, we had got a, um, I was with my partner and his friend and his little boy. And we had, been walking 20 minutes or so and then I just realized oh we haven't done a karakia and there was a lot of wind and <laughs> it was felt wild and anyway we stood and we we did our karakia which is um for the people listening a karakia is a word for I guess it's translated as, as prayer or um or asking of permission mm-hmm. to the atua which is the god or the life force the elemental that governs um, a living living thing or in this case a mountain a manga in te reo maori so we we did this karakia a very simple one half english half te reo maori and what's more important is the meaning and where if it that it comes from the heart and i swear i i'm, I'm not you know it's it was quite funny after after we were, we kept walking and after about 40 seconds a minute i said to mitch my friend's my my partner's friend i said is it just me or has the wind died down it suddenly gotten really calm it seems as though <laughs> <laughs> the karakia was well received wow, really worked. <laughs> yeah 
Amazing. So when they say, you know, our ancestors used to listen to the wind or it beaks, it really does. And we're just not always aware of it. And perhaps we're not always tuned in. It's not always happening. But there are times where it pays to have all of your senses operating as a beautiful way of being to be aware of these things. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I hear Yeah. Any plans at the moment? Are you, are you writing? Are you doing another, other I am projects? writing. I'm working on a couple of songs at yeah. the moment. I've yeah. had another song that came, Waiata, that's the te reo word for song. It started 2001. I, some of the lyrics came then when I was 21. And just this year, I'm now 42, that all the words and the rest of the music all came. Wow. Mm. So that was really neat. That's amazing, to yeah. that together, yeah. That was called Tauranga Moana, and that was about the, the body of water that I grew up near and the, the whole Bay of Plenty, really, all the islands, and just, in, just acknowledging the beauty of the nature that around us. Not all my songs are, are for the land, but this one was. I'm currently also working on this massive shift that we've seen with um, Corona, COVID, this huge dilemma um, shift that has really challenged a lot of us in so many ways. And the, um, the darker aspects of it, it's called no coercion, sovereignty. Mm. Mm. I don't know how to put it into words. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, it's a it's about standing up for your for your rights and what is right and dissecting truth from fiction. Yeah, the songwriters told us definitely the songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Songs yeah. speak louder than words. I also um, I usually ask people um, what their relationship is with Kirtan or what experiences that you've had. What I am conscious of is how helpful it is to bring my mind out of disarray, confusion, and um, anxiety. Most experiences I've had with Kirtan have just been so uplifting, and I feel bringing me home to the truth of what music really was or it was given to us for mm. having grown up with idols of you know Madonna and Paula Abdul and whoever else and all the bands that I you know got into when I was in my teenage years in the 90s and um, the commoditization of the music industry so it was really nice to discover Kirtan <laughs> mm. as a spiritual sound that wanted nothing you know <laughs> yeah yeah and it was very humbling and beautiful and just it just felt like truth for me to be able to use utilize my skills in that way mm. and i'm sure you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you've been one of my big inspirations obviously when it comes to kirtan i've had some incredible experiences with you and your music, Joshna. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I just feel like words are so cheap right I now. Know, I know. <laughs> words are difficult Is there anything else you'd like to share with people? Anything at all at this point in time? Something you'd like to say? 
Well, first of all, thank you for listening to me and I hope to be able to share more in the next wee while and thank you for your patience with, um, I haven't been so great at recording everything I've written but that may change and good luck to you all with your journeys and all the different um, forms and roads that that takes you on, yeah. And I would also say, just if you have a hankering or a feeling to play music, just pick something up and just make some noise, just do it. Just makes a rhythm you can create out of anything, a jar. Lentils in a jar, that's one of my favorite things <laughs> to play. There's, don't let anything or anyone else's beliefs stop you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Namaskar. Namaskar. Everybody. Good round here, well it's just a piece of 
Good. 